Welcome back to Everyday Being. Holidays are over. Everyone is back in back in place. And not just Steve and I, but I'm absolutely delighted to say that once again, we have a guest conversation today. And I'm delighted to say that we're joined by Matt Gardner. Before I give you a bit more of introdu- introduction, Matt, do you want to just say hello to everybody? Hi, everyone. I'm an avid listener of the show, so it's it honestly is fantastic to be on here. So I'm really looking forward to it. I hope I can add some value as well. So I'm feeling a little bit of pressure, um, but I'm excited at the same time. Well, mate, we're uh, super appreciative that you're here and really looking forward to today's conversation. Uh, We're also super grateful that uh, you kindly had us on your podcast, which I'll say a little bit more about a couple of weeks ago as well. So anyone who hasn't listened to that, uh, we'll make sure the show notes, uh, the the, the link is in the show notes and you can go and have a look over there. Uh, The wonderful Steve is here as well. Steve, let me just check in. How are you? Yeah, Yeah, good. Still have problems with my back, so I'm still stood and trying to rock from foot to foot. But um, other than that, no, I'm good. Yeah, you're looking forward to the conversation. And you, you've had some sort of more positive <laughs> news on you about your back. You're sort of maybe sort of close to some kind of like support, right? Uh, well, hopefully, yeah, a sort of an injection that <clears throat> might help the nerve and settle the the disc down. So hopefully, I'll get that done in the next couple of weeks, and then it's sort of t- um takes its course in a sense actually but the good news was it was nothing um sinister so it's just one of those things it just seems to affect me um more severely than perhaps it affects some people um but it's just the sort of luck of the draw really the good thing is I can still walk and I can still stand it's just the lying and the sitting that's um becomes a bit of a problem but Hopefully with the injection will sort of settle it down and then the the healing process will be accelerated from there. Fingers yeah, crossed. Well, uh, yeah, fingers crossed for me, absolutely. So today's episode with, with Matt, um, we're going to come through and think about our everyday relationship with food and exercise. That's the kind of topic for today. So this is something slightly different. We might go in different sort of uh, directions as, as you would normally expect with Everyday Being podcast, but but that's very much sort of like what we're trying to focus on. And the reason we're going to focus on that is that Matt has been a nutritionist for well over 10 years now, working both professional sports and in private healthcare. So this is his field of, of expertise. Um, he also is the host of the Big Feed Up UK uh, podcast. Have I said that right? The Big Feed Up HQ podcast. Sorry, Matt, I got that wrong. I realised I was tripping over the words as I said that, uh, which focuses on nutrition, movement and outdoor experiences. So there is a wonderful back catalogue that Matt has, has got and we would both highly recommend having a look through, see if there's some topics there that is something that can inspire you or can give you some information or actually just 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 go peek a little bit of, of interest. So some great stuff on the Big Feed Up HQ podcast. Um, as you would expect, he is somebody that tries to keep himself pretty, pretty fit um, with busy work and family in between so he's run five ultra marathons over the last few years uh he is competing in the high rocks london event which if you want to go and have a look at that that is some pretty pretty uh tough stuff he's uh set himself up for um and also he hasn't mentioned this but we will mention it that to him and his uh, wife have got a five-week-old baby so he's got some real stuff going going on that yeah, it's all coming once. It's exciting. It's absolutely amazing. And um, yeah, it's just, I suppose, it's just organising. I know that sounds a bit kind of clinical, but it's just organising your day around things and, and getting back to work after a bit of time off with Pippa. And um, it is amazing. It's definitely made me more efficient to just get on with what I need to do. And then I can go, and, you know, spend time, spend time with family and watching her grow. I've seen so many changes. It's obvious, um, but I've seen so many changes in the last five weeks in her already. So yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun. Still a few tricky nappy situations, but I'm, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. <laughs> practice, 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 practice. Yeah, 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 yeah. So no, it's amazing. It's it's honestly amazing. Well, Matt, in in now what is becoming a bit of a tradition when we have a guest along to have a conversation, we start with a simple question, um, and that question is, what does everyday being mean to you? 
I was thinking about this quite a lot, Gareth. And for me, it is obviously about being present and um, being my best self and um, feeling happy. But I thought a lot about how, um, and this is interesting because I don't know if it, everyday being is one of those things where I know it's something about myself and and listening to your show and, and, and diving into the depths around um, what I'm thinking and feeling, you know, in that moment or day to day. But it also makes me think about how um, I am around other people. And I'm, I'm, I'm a real social person. I'm like a lot of people. I, you know, I want to always spend time with family and the people I love. And I'm constantly always thinking about when I'm present with other people, how I can be as helpful and um, the best person around them as well. And now I'm spending even more time, obviously, with family, with Pippa and the little one. Um, and I think I get these traits from my mum. If I'm in the room with someone, I'm more interested in how they're thinking and feeling and wanting to get into their heads than maybe necessarily my own. Maybe that means I'm more comfortable um, in myself. I'm not sure. But I do always feel very confident in crowds and having loved ones and things around me and presenting. And I'm always then transporting myself into, you know, the people around me and thinking, God, how are they? Are they okay? You know, how, how are they getting on? What's going on with them? So the more I tried to delve deeper into the everyday being for me, it was more actually thinking about, it's hard to describe it, thinking about, you know, um, being my best self around the people I love too, to, to try to help them. Does that make sense? Has, has anyone ever answered it in that way? Cause I know it's more internal, but then I'm thinking about projecting something out to the other people that I love to make sure their everyday being and how they're feeling is, you know, as positive and, and as happy as they can be in my presence. Yeah, yeah, neat. Um, and where where does the nutrition element come into all of this then, then Matt? So you've got this connection and where you're coming from and, and those relationships with people. But what what about you know, what about nutrition? I suppose when for me personally, if I'm eating a diet that sits well with my body and my guts um and my mind, then I'm I'm feeling energized and focused and um relaxed and i can give um you know a, a version of my best self to the people around me and then for me nutrition is it's just such a massive thing in my family because you know when i was a little bub my mum had a small catering company so you know i've there's pictures of me up on the side with her you know putting meals and things together and, and food preparation and everything like that and then obviously when I go home, she's, you know, still cooking a lot. Everything's from scratch. My sister's a pastry chef. Um, so that kind of concept of, you know, eating well, feeding the people around you, the two, you know, big, big people in my life that my mum and my sister, are, well, mum, not anymore, but Hannah, you know, for a living, she's cooking in like a high performing environment in, you know, in a, in a private hotel and members club in Mayfair. So it's, um, yeah, it's obviously from my side, it's, it's, feeling my best self and balanced, having a settled gut, a focused mind and, and energy to obviously do family life work. And then still, as I call it, like pay my dues and do my fears to be able to train for these events and things that I do. And I know I'm, I'm happy to relax things off and I do go off kilter, but I've, I've found ways to then, if I'm not doing much Friday to Sunday and I'm, re- I'm, re- I'm re- relaxing, I don't have to feel um that 100% all the time and, and and eat um you know the perfect diet that I thought I used to in my early 20s when I was really coming up as a nutritionist um and then you know I can kind of switch things for when I really need to be be my best self and and be energized and focused and have you know a lot of um yeah have have have, have a lot of uh I suppose <clears throat> to complete all of those things and be completely zoned in I'll have a way of eating that that is tried and practiced and works well for me. And I'll just execute that. So it's kind of taken time. I suppose it's taken yeah, over 10 years for me to develop the way of doing that, you know, and there's obviously the little bits that go into that, that we can discuss food preparation and, you know, supplementation and all of those things, but it is, it's individual for each person, isn't it? Yeah. What's your experience, Matt, about the, <clears throat> the mind body connection? What's your sort of perspective on on that and how they sort of interact with each other. Yeah, so I learned more about that, um, see, for when I my first kind of area in working nutrition was in sports nutrition. So it was really the fitter, faster, stronger nutrition to gain muscle, nutrition to lose fat, nutrition to fuel for rugby. 
And then um, I left that and started coming and working with, let's just say, everyday people, you know, non-athletes in London. And I was coming up against all of these things around stress, tiredness, fatigue, um, you know, grumbly tummies. And I just, there wasn't anything in my arsenal to try to not cure, you know, give people recommendations. So I retrained in something called nutritional therapy over three years at at this um yeah quite interesting place called the college of naturopathic medicine they're all kind of courses and things there and that opened up to this the first time i'd heard about this gut brain axis and this enter- enteric nervous system which is um you know the connection between your gut and your brain and the research is still emerging we know more about it um you know than we did say a decade ago when i first started nutrition um, and we've heard of obviously the butterflies in the stomach type thing and how if someone's feeling anxious, they, you know, might go to the toilet more. Um, but really it stopped me in my tracks to actually think about for myself, how how does my gut health change depending on my mindset? And then speaking to clients um, and working with people who are in high performing environments or in gyms or whatever, and just slowing down and wanting to hear how their food and their and 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 their mindset will affect their eating, which will then in turn affect their guts finding things out about how, you know, 70% of your immune system is in your gut as well. So if you're not, you know, if your gut isn't quite right, you're ill. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, you know, it's about kind of turning up and performing every day. And if you're not well, um, you know, you're not going to be your best self. You're not going to be energized. You're probably not going to, you know, be motivated to, to food prep or, or cook from scratch um, or go to the gym or go for that run. So it all, it all really does, you know, start with that, with the, yeah, the mind body connection in a way. Yeah. <clears throat> and how do you know? Because I know there's been lots of stuff you see written about the um they call it not the microbiome, the microbiome's out there, isn't it? Is it the what's the gut one called? <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, that's right. That's right. There's a few. There's there because it can get there's like <laughs> the microbiota and then there's a the microbiome. So right. it's just yeah, thinking about the the bacteria in your gut. So the, the gut bugs, so like a simple way to think about it would be um, prebiotics would be um, your foods. So let's just say veg and things that grow above and below the ground, they have prebiotics and things in them and fiber. So they feed your um, the gut bacteria already in your gut. So they're the fuel. Whereas you now see on the market things like probiotics, they are, um, that's actual gut bacteria. So there's some research now on how some people might have a limited, um, su- not a limited supply, but a limited number of types of bacteria. So in some people are probiotic is quite interesting because it adds more types of bacteria, but generally it's recommended to eat, you know, varied diet to fuel good gut bugs as well. So um, it's interesting. And in my settings in sport, we used to use it for when people traveled. So we, there's more research on probiotics to help with, you know, trying to avoid illness and, you know, tiredness, fatigue when, you know, long haul flights, traveling for sport, things like that. And then more in the, you know, in the, in the healthcare setting, um, working in private healthcare and things, it was looking into probiotics. If people had had, you know, a bad bout of something or had been on antibiotics or were looking to kind of, uh, replenish, I think that would probably be the key word. So, uh, that's sometimes people might not know the, the differences. They might've heard the kind of pre and pro, I've heard, you know, the gut and 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 bacteria, and um, yeah, that's obviously quite a, maybe a nice way to paint the picture a little bit and get people thinking. If anyone's listening to this now, they might not. Oh, you know what? Actually, when I eat something, or um, you know, if I'm not feeling my best self next time, anyone listening, then do think about how 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 your gut is, and and uh, you know, they're not great conversations to have with some people, but it's opening up around bowel movements and how are you feeling? And, you know, that's the kind of stuff I've been doing and talking to people about over the last 10 years and, and, and exploring more, you know, of how that mind body connection works around, around food and how you feel. And, and how much are you going to the, you know, the, the mind or going to the body when you're working with people? Well, in terms of um, their relationship with foods? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think I'd, I'd want to know in the short term, I obviously want to hear about, I ask, tell me a, a typical work day of food or or a um, a weekend day or a non-weekend day or, or whatever. And I just want to hear roughly if someone can just give me a, a a rundown of their nutrition, you know, and that can be people can, um, you know, give me a rough, a rough guide or you can tell 
some people that might be very obsessive over food or very obsessive over calories or have had eating issues because you know some will just be a bit nonchalant like i might have had this i don't know this whereas others you know they're going to they're going to give you very detailed information down to the t or almost down to the gram and then in your mind you're kind of flagging up a few things and asking a few leading questions and not that these approaches are wrong so if anyone listening to this it's just interesting to see how much you then think about your nutrition um and then yeah going into the past around um you know how that's changed i'll ask people you know so you just told me how you're eating at the moment you know how long have you been doing that for what were you doing in the past um and also you know what you'd like to achieve i kind of had this thing called the the triangle of focus which is um you know you've got health at the top you've got um body composition on the right you've got performance on the left so performance could be cognitive or um uh, physical you know so so for me i'm training for this high rocks event in november so that's a performance goal um however i might work with someone who um you know they're just tired all the time at work and they want to eat better so they can focus more you know and stop relying on caffeine or whatever um and most a lot of people i think maybe it's is it a society thing or is it um you know, we, we want quick results these days and it's just something that people want to grab straight away. A lot of people want the dot in the middle, you know, so they want to, they want to live. Obviously everyone wants to live as long as they can, but that concept of health span, you know, eating to, to, to live long, but, but feel good. And um, whereas longevity is obviously living long, but less conversation about the quality of life. So health span would be living long, but having a good quality of life. So people are thinking, what's the best diet to do that? People are also thinking, you know how do i look better naked how, how do i how do i eat to to lose fat or gain muscle or whatever and then other people are thinking um you know how do i eat to have energy at work or i've signed up for a, a you know a, a work run or or like gareth i know you, you're, you're into your exercise and your 5k like how do i fuel that to, to run the best time i can and then that kind of people just get overwhelmed because they want to do all three you know at the same time so i kind of will break it down and we'll pick will pick probably what's the most important thing to them. And um, if they need to learn the principles of those things, I'll teach it to them. But then really it's getting into their day-to-day. Um, and a lot of it will be around their motivation or, um, you know, how to prepare things or, um, you know, organization side, accountability side. So a lot of the times as a nutritionist or, um, you know, health coach, that the other role I do, it is a lot of the time, you know, helping someone with with their their mindset around these things. Once I've then taught them the principles of what they want to achieve, or they might already know it. You know, they might already know actually. You know what, Matt? I've been spinning all these plates, and I just have to choose. Let let's let's try to lose a bit of body fat before you know I try and enter a the five k or before, you know let's take the pressure off. I don't need to eat the world's best diet. I might just need to look at my portion size because maybe too much so obviously they're kind of quite crude examples but if people listening to this great i find that is that's such a major theme people want to do it all when it comes to nutrition and and i don't think there's anything wrong with picking one at a time and and going through the principles of of that of that of that you know corner of the triangle and leaning your dot more towards that and then you can come back and you can shift it to the other and um yeah that's what i'd say yeah it's something interesting for me there about that just that busyness of our minds so i really like that sort of triangle about okay i want i want to do everything um and you know that there'll be the internal dialogue and internal pressures and probably a lot of negative thoughts i think you know we i i suspect that's a huge sort of part of of that and then there's probably the external pressures that we've got in whatever way and i think that maybe is your sort of societal point isn't it be it i don't know we 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 see i don't know celebrities looking with you know great this and do this maybe an instagram sort of lifestyle um and then you also sort of think that you know we we get sort of bombarded don't we with adverts wherever we go of you know just eat or you know sort of food hub and stuff like that and you got this sort of like all these sort of pressures coming on from an external and in an internal perspective and i guess just a I know try and relate it to some of the everyday being conversations say actually that is a really busy mind going on 
and actually you know it sounds like to me one of the things you're trying to do is actually how can you settle that mind either through a a focus or just taking pressure pressure off um and actually just to you know by 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 calming that mind by quieting that mind actually you can see some health in whatever way be it actually you know physical health or, or nutritional gut health or actually but mental health as well that, that sort of strike me that's a huge uh, element of it but that that sort of busyness was was just sort of coming to the fore when you were speaking yeah and as you know a lot of people have the self-destructive thoughts around <laughs> their, their food and you know use terms like good and bad um, and I do pride myself as a practitioner to try to take that pressure off them. And, you know, so many people I've coached, I don't know if you've ever had this before as well, Steve, they, you know, they will start sometimes with an email or a message, or even if you've been on a call with them and they'll, they'll just start apologizing for what they've done um, nutrition wise. And the thing is you have to eat to live. So it's not like um, they can, they can choose to, Oh, I'm just going to skip. I'm just going to skip eating uh, this week. You know, obviously people can skip skip exercising. Most people are going to move around, but, you know, they might not do structured exercise, but um, generally they'll, they'll still be alive. Whereas with food, eating is a learned behavior. They're going to have to eat something. Sometimes it's just a quick fix and they shouldn't necessarily feel bad about that. And that's my conversation is always around, you know, what are you going to do with your next meal or your next snack um, or your next glass of water? Um, and it is like you said, it's probably the main thing would be then, yes, accountability is important, mm. just getting them to quieten down um, that that voice in their head about, uh, oh, you've messed up your diet, that diet culture, yeah. uh, or you've taken, you know, you, you've taken your foot off the gas or um, or whatever. And I think that can apply to some things, but I think with food, we have to eat to live. So there's there's sometimes you have to meet energy needs. Sometimes people will probably overdo it and eat more than they need, but uh, you know. But that is um, it is a fundamental, and it's a simple thing to to realise. But I don't I don't think people um, you know step back and do that as much. So really, if someone's taking half an hour or forty five minutes out of their day to speak to a nutritionist, we don't have to slide over the you know the perfect nutrition plan. It's just mm-hmm. I'm excited to to get them to talk to me about their, their relationship with food, their food environment. And then they might go away and think, wow, you know, I'm actually reflecting on all these things. I never actually do that. I just uh, grab whatever's in front of me and, and take it from there. And um, so, yeah, you can develop things and then people start, you know, feeling better because they're eating in a different way or they feel better because they're taking pressure off themselves. You know, that, that, that mindset has shifted um, and that can knock onto their gut health, um as well so they might not necessarily change what they've been eating they might just change the amounts and then they might feel better you know they, they might feel better physically mentally and and you build the, the momentum from there really mm. so yeah it's a huge amount of mindset and and, and um trying to you know take take them um you know getting them to take control and and reduce the self-destructive thoughts um but that takes time you know it takes time yeah What's your set? Because as you were talking there, Matt, I was thinking the parallels with the, you know, we've talked about a lot about mental health on the podcast and um, and there's so much out there. There's so many books and podcasts and videos. And it, I, I think a lot of the time it just feels really overwhelming for people. They just don't know what what to pay attention to and what what's good advice and what's not and it can always then people then don't engage with it and I was thinking nutrition feels a bit like that as well actually you know when I'm just as you were talking I was thinking well you've got keto you've got carnivore you've got vegetarian you've got calories in calories out um you've got the 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 gut biome that you you're hearing more of um Mm -hmm you know carbohydrates and there's so much that i think at times it can feel a bit overwhelming for people what's your sort of sense of you know is there a is there a a useful sort of mindset or way to think about it you know if you are interested in exploring more about nutrition and what you're doing and how you're living your everyday life is there a good way that it is useful for people to be sort of thinking about or, you know, what they're interested in or paying attention to? What What's your sort of sense? 
that. Yeah, definitely. I'd say the three T's nutrition is a perfect place to start. So that would be total type and timing. And I encourage everyone I work and coach with that we don't have to do all three at one time. And obviously when I'm getting the background to someone and understanding what they'd like to achieve, or you might not have, have even chosen the, you know, the, um, the uh, end goal, you know, it's more the process and that whole conversation around where you're heading the destination compared to, you know, the actual um, place that you're arriving at. So for example, we could have just spoken about the timing. So, you know, how often are you eating? What's your eating window? So that's your first mouthful of food to your last mouthful of food. You know, what's that like? Some people might not think, wow, you know, I get up 6 a.m. I have a snack at 6.30 in the morning, a.m. My last thing's at 10.30 at night, p.m. Wow, you know, my eating window is the entire day. Or, or some people might just, um, you know, I've met some people that might only have one meal a day. They're just busy, you know, 10 coffees, whatever, and then one meal and they think, mm. you know, so it's interesting. So that side, um, and with a lot of people I work with around the blood sugar side, there's good evidence on, you know, just trying to get people to eat slightly earlier. So taking the pressure off there would just be, actually, we're not going to change um, the amounts and the types of foods. We might just look at the timing. So you know, how often someone's eating and when their last meal is of the day. Um, and then you mentioned there with the, with the different diet dietary approaches, we might look into the types of foods mm-hmm. that someone's eating, but we don't have to go, you know, a lot of people will shift to kind of, they'll pendulum, you know, they'll go into just extremely low carbohydrate. They'll change a lot of things. Um, but often I try to think, okay, if someone's taken something out of their diet, what are you replacing it with? Because obviously you're re- removing calories and nutrients. So is, is there a like for like um, in terms of the nutrition, but maybe something lower calorie because you might be working on that. Or if you're heaving out, you know, big, big amounts of food groups, short term, it's okay, your body can cope. But long term, you know, are you going to lead to deficiencies? That's maybe a bit of a longer conversation. Um, And then the total would, yeah, would then be, you know, the amount someone's eating. And we don't have to start counting calories down to the T, but it could just be looking at portion size. Um, And then it gives people ownership because they think, actually, you know what, maybe Matt, I'll start with the timing because, I feel a bit overwhelmed. I don't feel like I can, I can look into how much I'm eating and, and I don't think I can change too many things with my food at the moment or other people might be like, you know what, that sounds more approachable to the overall amount. You know, I'm not quite ready for food swaps yet. I don't quite feel like I can meal prep. Um, you know, I don't feel like I can cook from scratch a lot. So literally I will just change the size of my plate or, um, something like that, you know, um, or some people might want to do all three. They'll dive in. They'll be very ready. So I think the three T's um, work really well. They work for me well in professional sport and they work really well in, in private healthcare. And then people can take ownership of one or two or three of them. And then usually I can touch, you know, something with someone in those three T's. And then it hopefully just gives them a, a pillar to work off. And then I can slot a lot of nutrition principles into each one. So it feels less overwhelming. I don't know you guys yeah. listening to this does that does that resonate you know with with both of you and then have you have either of you then thought oh, you know this tea is at the top for me and that's something I could you know start to work on and it gives you something to latch on to rather than thinking like you said Steve nutrition is just it's endless isn't it endless mm-hmm. yeah. you just get overwhelmed I mean for my my own personal experience was that um type type and timing probably is the thing I've over the years have like experimented a bit more with to, to find out what <clears throat> what seems to work for me so I've definitely found that um carbohydrates is when I will gain weight <laughs> and that and I find it's very difficult to then stop eating a carbohydrate it 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 I don't know, it's just something, it just creates this sort of just need for more and more and more. Whereas if you eat, you know, a, 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 you know like a ribeye steak or something, it's like you, you can eat one, maybe you could eat two, but you certainly couldn't probably eat three. You know, there's a sort of limit, seems more of a limit to the appetite. Um, and then the, the timing, I think I've noticed that for a long time, I don't eat breakfast generally. Occasionally I do, but mostly I don't. I So I might so to your point, my eating window <clears throat> often will be a six hour, really, if 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 that six hour seems to be about right for my digestion. Wow. Um, and if I 
I sort of know if I sort of stick to that and quite sort of not not rigid, but just generally that have that, that's when I feel like I feel quite healthy. I feel quite focused. I can sort of feel like I maintain a good, a good sort of body weight. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think what I took from what you said is a little bit of experimentation, you know, play with one, see what happens. And so I guess over the years, that's what I've done and then found sort of just generally what works for me. Yeah, that's excellent. And I think that the point <laughs> of you know, listening to this, then it is individual because um, I'm quite opposite to that. So I, I have a far higher carbohydrate intake. I've experimented with higher fat before. Um, and it just, as much as I wanted it to work and I tried all these nutrition trends that you mentioned, it just wreaked havoc on my digestion. And then speaking right. to my dad and finding out, you know, when he eats high fat foods and um, spicy foods and things that I really tried to get stuck into in my 20s, I just, um, you know, now I'm in my 30s, you learn what's better for your gut. Um, and uh, yeah, my wife Austin jokes because it's like, uh, you know, you should see Matt's nutrition, um, you know, before, because obviously people hear what I do and they're like, oh, have you got the perfect diet? And I kind of say, you know, um, do do as do as I say, not as I do, you know. <laughs> not that I'm eating, you know, terribly, but I think the the, the variety of carbohydrate-rich foods, my <laughs> eating is quite long. And when I am really zoned in with my training, you know, I I, I have to try to meet energy needs, um, you know, and then I will consume a very high-carbohydrate diet, whereas with others it might be very, very different. And it is tailoring and personalizing. Um, and I've tried all sorts of ways of doing it. And um, yeah, it takes it takes time to tinker. And then when you can get that zoned in feeling, Stephen, like you said, and things are sitting well in your gut and things can obviously change day to day. Um, but that, you know, that that is great. So I think anyone listening to this and zoning into one of those three T's or two of them, like you mentioned, the type and timing, it's it's a it's a brilliant place to 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 start things off. And it takes the pressure off, like coming back to the mindset side, Gav, you could. You could just contemplate these things and 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 plan and and think if you're ready to start making these changes as well with your nutrition because like you said it can just you can open your phone and see things you can read articles you can get you know all sorts thrown at you um and it's not easy you know in the environment these days the quick kind of high fat high sugar energy dense foods are everywhere depending on your postcodes yeah. it's so easy to get the convenience foods and things that are so delicious that you can just grab, you know, get delivered now. Like I live in London and, you know, I was <laughs> working earlier, my next door neighbor and no judgment obviously there at all, but you know, you could see the moped turning up with a load of McDonald's at like whatever three in the afternoon. So it's like each their own, but obviously that, that is just so simple and probably just needed to move to get to the door. So it's uh, yeah, it is our food environments are very challenging. So it is then maybe stepping back and, and and planning and thinking about the the three T's, choosing one or two, and then starting to 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 build towards them really. But then that concept is you still have to you still have to eat to live, and um you know and the people around you might influence what you're eating as well. You know, go on, have this, uh, try this. You know, you're not drinking tonight. You know, all those kind of things. And it, uh, it, you know, I wonder. I don't know how you guys found that in like I'm I'm kind of coming up to mid thirties. Um, and uh, I, I know you guys are obviously in your mid twenties, so you're a bit younger than me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I just find at your at your less, you know, in your stage of life, how, how have you both kind of found, you know, as you get older, your your confidence around social eating, or um, you know, the way you might have developed your your diets for your bodies, um, and you know, as as your bodies bodies are aging, and you're trying to obviously stay strong <laughs> and healthy. It's quite an interesting thing to think about, isn't it? From from the years before. Yeah. 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 I'm 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 probably conscious that it just gets it just gets harder, right? And you know, clearly there's sort of loads and loads of evidence of of that. Um, you know, I'm probably somebody that sort of gets into downward spirals um and sort of co compounds problems, be it, you know, by the time that you sort of throw in, you know, alcohol into that and you know waking up with with hangovers and and things like that as well and you know make it i think that's, those are good examples of being low mood low awareness making bad choices feeling terrible because of those bad choices and then compounding that with uh, well you know more booze or more, more food that goes on top of that isn't it you know the, i guess there's you know loads of examples isn't it where you know the friday into the saturday into the sunday and then you start the week badly and then you start to write that off as well don't you you know so so i think it 
I think you know that just the relationship with our our thinking and our consciousness and and our awareness as well. I, you know, I'm actually on the back of your recommendation, Matt, when we spoke last. I have read the Peak Forty by um, Dr. Bubbs, which I would highly recommend. I thought it was a you know, really really good, uh, simple simple read. Really backed up with some great scientific example. Um, and one of the things I think I've become conscious of through that book is the you know is ultra processed foods and actually it does take quite a lot of thought when shopping to just be aware of is that something i should be drinking is that something i should you know it should be eating? and maybe steve we can come on to the book of law because already i'm talking about shoulds and making judgment about about some of those those things um and and I guess you know actually when I've got good awareness I can go okay well actually I, I'm I'm going to do that with that and that and I think that's a decent meal choice um, you know even even the even this week I've I've been out traveling around the country and just you know calling into service stations whoa making good choices in service stations that's proper hard isn't it you know and and that does require that awareness to go okay well i don't want to go there or there so i'm going to go to the you know go to a i don't know you know the supermarket type thing that they have there but i can't you know i'm going to choose this and this but it you know gosh it takes that that effort to to do that um and it, I, I would, I would say it's that's not effortless. Now I don't know when you know you come into good habits, don't you? When you know you keep repeating it, and actually it can become effortless, and you just go, well, I know I'm not going to go there. Or if I do go there, then that's a, that's a choice I'm, I'm making, and and that's that's okay. Um, so yeah, it just sort of strikes me that that consciousness and awareness, it just just strikes me as really really important. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's maybe it's stepping back as well, Gary. In that situation, say travel, your travel nutrition, for example, if it's infrequent that you're traveling a lot, um, I don't know if it is, but say you might have just you might just do it a few days or a week out of I don't know, like two or three months, and then you feel bad about those um, choices you've made at those service stations. You just try and take a step back and think, actually, in this three month period, I was away for that week or two. Um, and, I, you know, I really gave myself a hard time about it. But if you then think about those meals compared to then the rest of the meals and beverages over the, the three months, we're not going to remember everyone you, and you're not meant to. But that 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 then pool and milieu of nutrition and then probably all of the very nutrient dense foods you had um, and beverages and water and, and, you know, getting out sunlight, spending time with the family, doing all of those things that, you know, a holistic, healthy approach would look at then it might just be actually a, a drop in the ocean, but we do just remember those things, you know, yeah. and those things. However, if we were working together and you're like, you know what, Matt, three weeks out of the month, I'm in these service stations, then that really is, you know, that's 80% of your nutrition day to day. Um, and that's your everyday nutrition. So we really would have to come up with, <laughs> you're going to have to go in there and be a bit more, um, razor sharp and focused or you're going to have to bring your own things um, or you know if you can't necessarily make too many choices when you're back and you have that week where you're eating from home you try to execute as best as you can and, and eat as much nutrient dense foods as you can to, to really try to support things so it's just people listening to this as well as you know what what is your nutrition like every day where are you and um if you have a few blips and things and it's not something you're going to be doing all the time you shouldn't feel bad about it um but if it you know if you are then traveling a lot for work and travel nutrition really is something you should focus on then you know get it to the top of your list it's it's uh, the, my concept is that you're kind of home you're away nutrition so what you're doing at home and um you know when you're when you're cooking from home or eating from home or even if you're ordering in but then also what you're doing when you're away from the home as well. So when I'm working with someone, I'll really try and subtly understand both sides and think, right, we've got the three T's in the bag. Let's then think, okay, you know, what's their home and away nutrition like? Where's the sticking point? Um, and if generally they come in, they're, they're like, Matt, have breakfast at home. Um, you know, X, have dinner, cook from scratch, family, X. And then it's the middle of the day when they're out and about. And we think, okay, you know, I'll, let's take the pressure off the home stuff. I'm not even going to touch. I'm really confident and happy that they're doing well there. Let's look at the away nutrition. 
and try to develop that. So you're really just segmenting a part of it. So again, they're not feeling then overwhelmed and they're like, wow, I'm speaking to a nutritionist and he's going to make me change my entire diet and I don't have time. And like, well, you know, he's going to think I'm really unhealthy. <clears throat> yeah. So again, it's just finding little areas to execute in really. So um, yeah. travel nutrition people can, again, they'll highlight it as being a, you know, they feel really bad about it um, or they'll splurge, um, which I don't mind. But if that splurges all the time, you then think actually you probably do need to address it if it's if it's something that's going to be your every day because you're on the road every day, you know, or five to five out of the seven days. Yeah. Yeah. I think what occurs to me is that it's the. It's almost the it's the it's almost the planning when you're in a good frame of mind yes i think um it's quite hard isn't it because like i've got like i've been struggling for a few months and so i'm not sleeping very well for example so i'm feeling sort of tired and you know can't sit properly and all that sort of stuff and so i can realize that that sort of affects my mood particularly towards the end of the day (laughs) and then the the challenge of them making good choices from that place is feels really really hard Mm -hmm. and I was thinking back that when I was very switched on to this when I was traveling I was working up in London two or three days a week literally before I went the day before I was doing quite a heavy sort of carnivore diet because that just really worked for me so I'd be there the night before cooking up my steaks (laughs) yeah you know, cooling them off, cutting them up, putting them in Tupperware, uh, various other things I was sort of doing. And that meant then that that was done. So when I was traveling and when I was staying away and I was staying at a hotel, food wasn't even on my on my agenda, really, because it was like it was done. It was done and yeah. it was in my it was in my bag and then it was in a fridge somewhere, you know, at, at, when I arrived. Um and I sort of find now if 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 you don't if you don't if you make good choices when you're in the supermarket, then if it's not in the house, then we've got a shop that's you know a five minute drive, but you just don't do it. You know, you just don't. Oh God, I can't be bothered to get in the car and go and get something. But if it's in the cupboard, well, I'll maybe you know I'll just have a packet of crisps or whatever it might be. So, yeah, it does strike me, actually, that if you're the planning part, the consciousness you're mentioning, Gareth, the awareness is when you're in a good frame of mind, you can have that and you can have your plan in place that yeah. then protects you in a way when there's those lower moments where perhaps you're tired and whatever and where you might make a bad choice. If you've got a good plan, it feels to me you're less likely to, to fall prey to that. Or like what you said, Matt, when you do, it might just be because you're out as friends and you're having a drink and they get the Chris out and you think, well, it's only it's only one night, you know, it's only a Friday night. So what's what's the damage? It's just if that becomes Monday night, Tuesday night. Yeah, night. yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's when it becomes a problem. Uh, the other the other thing to think about with them, you know, those situations, Steve, would be again in when I'm coaching people, it's having um not a tiered system i suppose yeah we, you could get as specific as that if you wanted but you know um plan a would be you have uh the foods that you've prepared um or you know you're in that positive mindset where you're like actually i don't need to reach for this it's out of boredom or tiredness or you know the treat mentality where i've got the sore back that would be you know the perfect situation is where you just leave it or you've made something slightly different that's going to help nurture and, and add more nutrition whereas the the kind of plan b could be actually if i was going to have something in the house could it be a, a slight um alternative yeah uh, or am i just gonna have a bit of a, a rule which again i don't know they they're useful for some people but other people might think it's a bit too much structure and it's intense but you might say you know what that's only going to come in once or twice a week and i'm going to look forward to it um, or like you said, it's very infrequent where you just then decide to have that treat and not necessarily feel bad about it. And it's there and you share a bag of crisps or, you know, you really enjoy it. But then it's that next meal or beverage or or whatever that you're doing or preparing your food to take to work the next day side of things, too. So um, you know, often have those conversations with people around their snacking mentality. 
So like, you know, plan A would be having the alternative that you've made yourself. So you know exactly that goes into it. Or plan B would be, and chocolate's a big one for people. And it's just the simple thing around, look at portion size. You know, I recommend people get getting those, those um, you know, multi-packs of, of minis because it's literally a smaller portion. Um, and and then, you know, that is, okay, it might not be the best option, but you might not have the the, the bandwidth mentally to, to choose plan A, or you might not have been organized enough. So you've got plan B um, or, or then, you know, plan C is then you're actually just going to share something with someone. So you might not have the whole thing. It might be a slightly larger portion, but it wasn't, you know, what your, your, your previous kind of nutrition environment was. And um, so I hope that makes sense, but it's kind of it's giving yeah, it does, yeah. a tiered system so that again, they try to avoid the self-destructive thoughts, <clears throat> making a choice they have different choices and then if they do plan A all the time, amazing, but they shouldn't feel bad if they're doing plan C because it is still that concept of their, they're still evolving their nutrition in a way from their previous self that they, um, or their, their previous choices that, that then led them to, I don't know, changes in their, in, in their metabolic health or their weight, or which led them to then speaking to someone like myself about putting their nutrition a bit more under the microscope. So yeah, it keeps coming back to mindset, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not just because it's the theme of the podcast, the everyday being and and relating to that to nutrition, but it, it really does. If you know, you know, you can you can build your health literacy and learn things. And obviously, we have so much information now out there. And you might have to discuss something with someone to make sure you're checking your facts and things, and it's evidence based. But once you have that information, it is then, like you said, what you're doing with it, and 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 um, the confidence, the energy, um. And then if you even that thing around me saying you slip up, it shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't be thinking, oh, I've slipped up, I feel bad, or I've eaten something, you know, unhealthy or bad food or whatever. And I don't know, just all concepts we've created, haven't we, really? Yeah. Well, one of the things that strikes me as well is that, you know, we've talked a lot, Steve, haven't we, is that all we have is the now. We, you know, the, the, the past is gone. There's nothing we can do about that. The future is completely unwritten and out of our, you know, out of our control. So all we've got is that choice about now. And if we are making, you know, a, a, a you know, a choice that's not in line with what we would want to be, you know, in terms of like we've, we've ordered, you know, we've ordered Uber Eats and the, the McDonald's is, is, is coming round. Well, okay, that's a choice that we've made, whether we've come from a, you know, a, a low mood or from a high state, because actually maybe, you know, maybe it's a celebration. Who who knows? As you rightly say, we're making, making no judgments, but, you know, we've made that call in, in the moment. Now, I guess I'm, 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 I know I do this is, you know, I'll then look back and go, bloody hell, what did I do that for? And so actually that, that choice actually becomes, you know, um, I don't want to use the word hangover, <laughs> but but it but it does, and it? it just it, you know hangs around with us, and then influences the you know the choices, and that's where we get back into sort of the downward spiral or compounding the bad decisions. Versus, well, actually, that that decision is now gone. Whether whether it was what I would want to do or not, it it's gone. The only choice I've got is 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 now and i don't know when maybe we come back to alcohol isn't it you know we've made those choices about what we're drinking and went to the party and how how late we stayed up and maybe we're you know you know dehydrated we're low on sleep we've got various sort of chemicals or whatever in our body from from that well those are choices we've made and you know far too often we'll just you know, wallow with those those things versus i can make a choice around okay you know, even if I just make a choice and around it's hydration, that's that's the thing I'm going to sort of take on, and it is into into water. But I, I keep coming back to it is that it's that awareness in the moment that that is really really important and conscious for what we're doing, and certainly not living with the regret of the past. And and I think you know time and time again in everyday being we talk about how those things can impact our our happiness because we've made a call and something's not gone right and we're just stewing on that but it it's gone and it links in a way to we've touched on this a bit before and the inner <clears throat> you know the inner game and the distinction that tim galway made between judgment and awareness 
because what he was saying was that he noticed that judgment took people out of the moment and really interfered with awareness. And um, so a lot of his approach to coaching was, was about how do you help people stay in the moment so they have that awareness of what's happening in the moment. But he noticed that even if he said to someone, oh, that, that was a good shot, or you, we'd agreed you were going <coughs> to pick between the tram line and the, and the baseline or something, and he'd say, oh, the last three shots have all hit the target that we did, we, we agreed. He would guarantee that the fourth, the fifth and the sixth would miss because suddenly he created the, the, the person had then started to judge their performance. So <clears throat> I think there is I think there is that tricky balance, actually, between having awareness so you're seeing what you're doing and the choices you're making and the consequences of those but not getting into that judgment because i think often i don't know if this is true in your experience matt but if people are quite judgmental about themselves that really does interfere with the way that they're likely to make choices in the future because that's in a way often if you're making quite critical judgments of yourself in a sense that creates the lower state of mind and then from that lower state of mind everything just looks a bit hopeless and helpless and doesn't what's the point and you can see how someone can get in a real downward spiral and then despite the things they might want to do they just find everything's just just sort of too difficult and then of course when you're in a low state you're probably likely to make the poorer choices again and then just end up in that in that downward spiral yeah, I agree. Definitely. That's what I think and I've had in my experience and, and certainly working with people and coaching them around their nutrition and, and hearing about those things. And I think another thing that, that rings true is um, also speaking to people about this, that instant gratification, isn't it, through food? So some people obviously searching for that if they are in that low mood state and they want something as a treat. You know, I'm not necessarily against that at all, but I do make people aware of are there anything are there any alternatives that aren't necessarily food related that can bring you pleasure, you know, physically, mentally, whatever. Um, and, and try to sometimes not just take that, not that it's an easy option. Well, sometimes it is because mm -hmm. but that instant gratification and, uh, it's a bit of a strange term, but that, you know, that, um, kind of mouth pleasure, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm feeling in low state. I need mouth pleasure. Let's go let's go okay. <laughs> weird yeah it's a weird one when you think about it like that because it basically is you're just chewing something and you're tasting it and your brain's like yes 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 whereas if you can then think actually in the future the the gratification is 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 going to um it's it's, it's going to take a little bit longer but that sense of fulfillment will come and i try and encourage people it's not always easy but the people i coach a lot of them have you know raised blood sugar and I always motivate them to be like, like, let's try and get another blood sugar test in the diary in six months, you know, or nine months or something. Oh, yeah, neat. Um, and and then, you know, we can then focus when you do get there and you get that result, you know, that that gratification and how you feel and also how that's going to help your long-term health. Um, you know, working towards that rather than necessarily looking for the instant pleasure there and then. But it's very complicated and some people, they will work towards that, whereas others, they need time, you know, and they are in that low mood state and they have no concept of being able to not, when their brain tells them to grab it, you know, it's unavoidable. But it's interesting to think about, you know, do I take that instant mouth pleasure now or can I build up to something in a few weeks to be like, you know what, I've had a fantastic month. Like I've, uh, I've found alternatives from that garage station like Gareth, you're saying you've been traveling, you might have just been eating, I don't know, five toffee crisps every time you go there. <laughs> I love a toffee crisp, who doesn't? You know I mean? Something like that. And you're like, you know what? After listening to this, I might, you know, is it instant mouth pleasure? Could I hang on for that extra hour? How do I feel at the end of the month? And you'd be like, you know what? My running's better. I'm sleeping better. Um, my, you know, my clothes are fitting a little bit better. Wow. You know, and then can you do that for another month? And then another month. And it's just building things up slowly, really, isn't it? And then the gratification comes later. 
Um, but there is complexity in that in that low mood state and that situation and someone's everyday being there and then and and the complexity with food some people it's black and white it's easy you know and 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 they eat to live and others live to eat mm. um and it's fascinating how different people are and do you think it's really important to because my sense is that because often it'll come up, my kid, my kids are all older. We might, they might talk about, you know, diet and exercise and so on. And I guess my perspective's always been, I've got a particular way of, like, you know, because I, I walk every day, I go to the gym a couple of times a week, I train in a particular way because I found that's what I want and that's what works for me. But I wouldn't prescribe that to someone else yeah. because even the way I eat, I sort of think, I wonder if part of the challenge with nutrition is sometimes people don't think enough about what would work for me over the long term. You know, what's sustainable in terms of my life and how my life is and uh, my job and my friends and my family and where I live and all the rest of it. It seems to me often that that's a really important question is, look, what what feels right for you and what would fit into your life in a way that you could see yourself doing this sustainably rather than being on the, I don't know, the cabbage diet for two weeks or whatever. <laughs> cabbage then, diet. Are you really going to do that for the rest of, you know, rest of your life? It's all, you know, that feels like that's just so short term. It, that's nowhere, that's never going to be sustainable. I mean, do you, do, you, do you think that's an important part of it as well? Definitely. Yeah, I think that rings true with everything that I do and, and how I like to work with people. And it is over a long period of time. I'm, I'm lucky to do that in the format that I do end up interacting with people. Um, and I think, you know, there's a place sometimes in very end scale healthcare where someone might have to do something very drastic very quickly. Um, but that will be under medical supervision, whereas if people have um, the opportunity to work with someone um, around their nutrition or exercise or with a PT or whatever, um, you know, if it's their, their paying for it or if it's through NHS or whatever, then, um, you know, they hopefully have more time. You know, the, their their health status isn't isn't as scary as some of those other end scale interventions. You know, like you said, a very drastic low calorie diet or a fast or something like that that's been prescribed. Um, so they do have the opportunity to, to, to think about what they need to achieve and, and break it down and, and, you know, slowly move towards it and get there. So um yeah and i think i think that does come with experience as well so i can't remember what the term is is it nutritionism or something like that i'm not sure um i need to remember that but yeah i just found when I, when i was younger in my career i didn't understand why people couldn't do things and and follow the things that i used to be able to do or i'd read something and implement it but you know i i was just a bit of a nutrition geek and i'll try things and i'll put my body <laughs> An experiment but not everyone wants to do that and then you slowly realize over the years as you you know grow in terms of your your coaching ability and interacting with people and learning more and understanding um you know that we're constantly doing scientific experiments and we're constantly learning and nutrition is a very young field in itself in terms of research as well oh uh, really and we don't have all the answers yeah and a lot of research um you know is in um is is in men compared to women to huge amounts of nutrition research especially sports nutrition um right. a lot of people don't know about that as well um so it's very hard to you know extrapolate up certain findings and obviously in the media and things like that they don't always necessarily speak about the sample size how many people were in this experiment what ages were they you know how active were they most of the time, a lot of the time, it's, you know, male university students who are obviously making some some cash on the side to be part of these experiments. Yeah, yeah. We're then seeing, which is fine for, you know, if you're a male between whatever, 18 and 22, but what if you're, uh, you know, a 57-year-old female and you're reading this and thinking, God, I don't even know how to approach this diet and apparently this is the new thing. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting from that perspective as well. Matt, I'm conscious we've been going probably coming up close to an, an hour now. Um, I um, We did ask you to put to um, answer some questions um, in preparation for coming on the podcast. Yes. Um, was, was there, so if there was one thing that you would like to 
share with uh, with a listener based on what you've listened to every day being so far or the discussions that we've had so far what what would it be so my, my favorite episode is actually one of the recent ones how to create who who we are being oh neat okay um and i really enjoyed i can't i wish I'd, i should have probably written down the timestamp so if people do want to fast forward it to you know when both of you were speaking about your experiences i know obviously that's very broad you speak about your experiences all the time but you know you um i think did you both read something that, that was pre-written and yeah. um yeah I, I remember a certain especially a bit about steve's part about you know your own physical pain steve and um the bit around how you'd had that conversation with your daughter about um her leaving her home i think it was oh right yeah. Um, yeah yeah and obviously i just and i just you know i'm only five weeks into having this little baby that we have to kind of <laughs> literally look over constantly and i was thinking oh my gosh one day she's gonna be gone so I, just, I, I found that you know i found that episode and and you know i do listen to you know i do listen to full long episodes um i like longer form podcasts like the ones you guys do so I'd, if anyone's listening to this, I would, yeah, I would definitely listen to the full how to create who we are being. And that's been my favorite episode so far. Not that the others aren't as good. No, no, no you've got very kind. Uh, that is, uh, yeah, that one was fantastic. That one was fantastic. And it really just made, it actually probably I, I, it made me think a lot after listening to it. Whereas a lot of time, you know, you finish a podcast, good, great, you know, um, next. And it's just a kind of routine thing listening to it. Um, and obviously I'm subscribed to you guys. So, you know, they come through when, when they're done, but this one, I was really like, Oh, wow. It really resonate with a lot of that stuff or, or think, you know, I actually thought a lot about it that evening later when I, when I listened to it, um, you know, during the day when I had whatever breaks from work and stuff. Oh, neat. And if there was one, you know, one thing or multiple things, your, your choice, Matt, that as you've listened to our conversations that you're like, you know, what? I don't, I don't get that. That doesn't, make sense for me or or actually it's just sort of not landed what what would that that be that maybe we could have an opportunity just to sort of you know uh, talk about or address now oh you put me on you put me on my spot well things that i haven't necessarily been able to understand yeah or just you like no don't get that disagree with that i'm just kind of like something that you've just sort of heard that you you know not necessarily hasn't landed because that that sort of just flows through doesn't it but just i don't know just something where you there might have been a oh that that's that's interesting but i'm not sure how that plays out or what that means for me or something that you've sort of heard that actually you've it is kind of you've you've had a connection with but actually oh no i don't no, I'm not. I'm not having that. That's not where I'm. Just sort of something that's been a little bit sticky, either good or bad. That I'm, I'm just curious if there's something there that you go, yeah, tell me a bit more about that one because I don't get that. I suppose one that I, I didn't necessarily take too much time over, but that's maybe just in in relation to to me and what I do with work quite a lot. Is you you guys did one on public speaking, you know, speaking in public that episode, mm. and I don't know. I just um. I've I've always really enjoyed that challenge and and um I feel like I that that's a great part of of me and and not because I want to stand up and tell people what to do but I just couldn't really resonate with a lot of the things in there because um I don't know I just I love doing that kind of thing and um maybe it's just part of me and who I am and um you know some people might shy away from those things whereas I want to get in front of people as much as possible you know, create, create content or stand up on stage or talk to people. Maybe I used to sing a lot when I was younger. So I suppose that <laughs> maybe it's not directing, directly answering your question, but I found I no, it's good when they listening to that episode and I just, um, yeah, I was like, no, I don't know if I agree with you guys on these things. And, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't find, I don't find that a problem at all. And um, yeah, I just kind of start, I just uh, moved on to the next one. <laughs> yeah. Neat good yeah yeah yeah. but i like that you see because that is that's proof of that it's not outside in it's inside out yeah because so many people will look at public speaking matt for example and would go oh yeah you know it's definitely to do with a certain number of people or whatever it is and of course what you're saying well if that was true then it would affect you know we'd all be affected in a very similar way or or you know, sometimes someone will say, yeah, a smaller group I'm fine with. And then a bigger group is the one I struggle with. And it's often like, well, how many then? 
what's the mm. tipping point you know does it is it when it goes from eight to nine is that the or is it nine yeah. to ten or and you think well you know that's that surely is it can't be something that's happening out there it's something that's going on in here so in a way yeah. what you're describing is exactly because you think about it in a particular way this is me getting my message out what's the stress in that why would I know. I and that's for that yeah, and I always think, you know, if you're there presenting on something, people obviously, they want to learn something that you're passionate about or you know a lot about. And unless, I don't know, you're in the room with someone who, you know, a load of people who are literally the world's experts on what you're talking about, which can happen, but is often very rare. Um, you know, people do want to hear what you have to say and you're passionate about these things. And um, even if you have to read off something, um, you know, a lot and a lot of people in the crowd, they want you to do well as well, don't they? Have have conversations yeah. with friends who are talking at weddings i've got one coming up soon um that i'm emceeing at and um you know the the groom is like bricking it and i'm like mate everyone's wants you to do wants you to do well and it's all it's all coming from love you know no one's trying to catch you out no. that's the thing so uh yeah i uh, yeah so i just um not rational matt that's the thing you see that's the bit sticky bit sticky with the, the yeah. public speaking episodes so uh <laughs> be, be aware of that one lovely people if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, we, I, I'm sure that we could keep going for a lot, lot longer than, than we have. But let's let's cut it um, there. Matt, we, we are super grateful, as we said at the start, for you coming on. I think there's so much stuff that we've gone through today that hopefully you'll be able to uh, get some interest or some value from. Or, you know, if you, if there is people that you think might um, enjoy listening to this conversation, then please sort of uh, share it. Uh, you can get in touch with Matt uh, at LinkedIn, where he's Matt, uh, Matthew Gunn. Gardner is also on Instagram at Matt Gardner Nutrition. Uh, and as we said at the start, although I stumbled over the words, uh, do please check out his wonderful podcast series. So the big feed up HQ, uh, where there's some brilliant content on there as, as well. Uh, Matt, we wish you every best for the next sort of these wonderful times with uh, with your uh, new daughter. Um Steve, anything you want to say before we uh, close today? Oh, thanks very much, Matt. That's a really good conversation it's amazing we weren't quite sure where it's going to go but it's amazing how much it links back to lots of the things we've talked about actually on the podcast so thanks really appreciate taking the time no no definitely yeah. and a, a couple of things i like to leave with people is um well this is exercise nutrition related so that the only bad workout is the one that didn't happen is a big one that i like to say and take care of your body it's the only place you have to live so couple of things i don't know if that resonates with any of your listeners or a couple of concepts for you guys to take further on yeah i love that we'll stop there thank you matt big big love to everyone take care bye